Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. God bless you, saints of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, reading the Word of the Lord, my assignment tonight. Uh, we're talking, still talking about the gifts of the Spirit and I'm going to jump a couple, and because the Lord dealt with me very strong on this one, and uh, I'm going to go go with it tonight. So, if we will, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, and I'm going to teach tonight on discerning. Of spirits, discerning of spirits. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your mercy, grace. We thank you for your kindness. Thank you for all the work you did at Calvary. You are a mighty, mighty, mighty God. We praise you, God, for the good day that you've given us today, for the breath we breathe, God, for the life we have. God, you are a problem solver. You're a carpenter. You can fix anything. You're a builder. You're the creator of all. And God, we know that there's some saints in here praying that you create some things for them and work some things out. Father, I know you're a God of impossibilities. We love you. We thank you, God. And we praise you for what you're going to do. In the sweet name of Jesus, can you shout amen? Give the Lord a praise offering, would you? You can be seated. I want to talk to you tonight about discerning of spirits. Brother Cody, make sure nobody's in the hall. They got to hear this. Or I'll come to the bathroom and preach it to them. <laughs> discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Spirits. Discerning of spirits is, a, is one of the categories of the nine gifts. The church has the word discern is to recognize and distinguish between. You see, knowledge uh, is the gift of impartation of a fact. Discernment is a form of direct perception. At times, it comes as a vision where you actually see something that's not there in the natural, but you see a vision of it. And it only operates by the Spirit of God. It don't operate with sin in your life. So when some people come to me and say, well, I have a word from God and my Holy Ghost, my Spirit said, you got sin in your life. I ain't receiving nothing you're telling me. I ain't receiving nothing, no vision, no dream, or no I saw an angel about you. I got a discernment about me. You know what I mean? And so when some folks try to be that spiritual, it's trying to cover up something in their life because the Holy Ghost will give you identification of who's talking to you. So the Bible said that John the Baptist saw the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus as a dove. Now other people, saying of God, who were, who were present had the opportunity to see the same thing. But John was the only one given in the spiritual discernment that saw the Spirit descending on Jesus as a dove. 
Hebrews 5 and 14 tells me and you this, but be strong, but strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So hear me tonight, saint of God. Discernment has to be cultivated. It has to be exercised to discern what is good and what is evil. You've got to exercise it. So you see, it's the gift of discerning of spirits. There are various classes and various classes of spirits that me and you we encounter in life. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God we encounter. We encounter good angels. We encountered bad angels, which are demonic. And we also encounter human spirits. You see, discerning is plural. It is discerning of spirits. It's a plural word. That gift is operated only under the anointing and the authority of God Almighty and His Spirit. You see, in John 1 and 29, let me read it to you. I told you. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Look at what happened. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I back home to baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And it bound upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, you shall see it remaining on him. The same as which would baptize with the Holy Ghost. Now look at this. Look at this. It is clear from the word of John the Baptist. The only one, the only one saint of God that saw the Holy Ghost descending like the dove was John. The rest of the people that were there did not even see the vision, didn't have the vision of the dove coming down. They didn't discern that this was taking place. It was a supernatural discernment that was given specifically to John because he needed it at that moment. Can I tell you the nine gifts don't work all the time. Hold on. Some of you may think you know it, but let me tell you that you don't have that gift and you don't walk around and operate it all the time. If you had the gift of faith, you'd be in every hospital in America healing people. If you had the gift of miracles, they don't operate. They operate at God's will. They operate when God uh, wheels them to work. So when we say somebody has the gift of the Spirit, and uh, I'm skipping the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, because God began to deal with me tonight about this one, and uh, I worked a little harder on it. So hear me now. The, the, the gifts only work at God's own will. So you see, the rest of the people did not see this vision, but John saw it. He had a vision of this, this dove coming on Jesus. It was important that we learn to discern, saying of God, the Spirit of God. It's important we learn to discern the Spirit of God. When it's moving in our surfaces, we got to learn to be very sensitive to the Spirit of God. 
You got to be in a position. You better hear me right now. You got to be in a position, a position to recognize when he's passing through performing mighty acts and you got to be so sensitive that's when I got to get in position to receive something that I need from God. Now, I've been in this all my life. Barnabas, the blind man, was begging by the side of the road when he heard a crowd of people. And he asked, what's happening? What's going on? And when he was told, Jesus of Nazareth, he was coming by now. He knew it right then. He knew right then. This is it. He did not let anyone stop him from getting to the Lord. Martin 10 tells, he discerned, this is my miracle. This is my moment that I get what I've been looking for and I've been praying for. This is that moment I'm going to get my healing. Now, I've seen people how foolish they are when the mighty power of God moves in a service and they let their stupid human flesh and old stinking pride hinder them from getting into a place with the God Almighty when he's delivering and healing and filling folks with the Holy Ghost. They let their own self hinder them from getting into a place that God can do a mighty work. And it's not the devil that does it. So you see Barnabas, Barnabas, he he did not let anyone stop him. We have to discern the Spirit of God and be willing to set human plans, ideas, perceptions. They got to take the back seat or we're going to miss the plan that God has for us. We're going to miss the will of God. You hear me? Come on, wake up. Y'all go sleep after a while. You'll miss the will of God. You hear me? When Barnabas Barnabas wanted to be healed, all the people that knew the religious protocol, they knew it. They said, stop. Don't you make no noise. Don't Don't you disturb Jesus. Is this not right? You can't do that right now. There will be those who are not willing to break protocol. Pastor, we're supposed to have three songs and a a message. That's how church goes. No, it ain't. We could have preaching then three songs. We could could receive the offering, the altar call, preaching and three songs. You know, but they were worried about religious protocol. So many people are worried about religious protocol. Oh, that ain't the way it is. Oh, my God. We're going charismatic. We're backslid. Took the number board down, and I was going to hell. Did a lot of stuff. It was just stupid stuff out of human error because flesh put it there. But they thought, shh, be quiet. Jesus, uh-uh, you can't holler. But Obama, he didn't care, Brother Cody. He said, I don't care your religious protocol. Jesus is coming by and I need a miracle. You know what? He was sensitive to the moving of God. So I'm here to tell you, quit being foolish to yourself. Hung up on your own fleshly pride and stubbornness of your own self. When Jesus is moving in his service, that's when you need to get up, bust out of all religious protocol and say, hey, pastor, I know you're preaching, but I feel God moving. I feel a miracle. 
I said, I feel a miracle happening. I don't care if you have to jump and cut a cartwheel. If you feel the Spirit of God moving, break out a religious protocol. You hear me now? Whoa. Some people are set in their stinking ways. Second Samuel 6 tells it like this. The Spirit of God led old King David a mighty man of valor to dance in front of the ark of the covenant with all his might. David began to bust a rug, buddy, right in the front of God and began to praise and edify God before the ark of the covenant. His wife saw him coming down the road, met him afterward with her religious protocol, saying, David, you made a spectacle of yourself dancing in front of all the maidservants. That's what she said. Oh, David looked at her and he said, it wasn't dancing in front of the maidservants. I was dancing in front of the Lord. I wasn't dancing for them, but I was dancing to the Almighty God. He said, I, he said, I will make even more spectacle of myself than I did today if the Lord tells me to. At that moment, Michael David's wife, who was a critic because of, became barren, barren and could not bear children. You better hear me, saint of God. You better get your stinking flesh out of the way. A critical spirit that refuses what the Holy Ghost is doing will make their spirit spiritually barren and you'll miss what God is trying to birth in your life. You you pray a God open doors. God bless me. God create this in my life. God open my bank account. God do this. Well, the next time he moves in this service, quit being critical and start, start. What? Oh my God. Break religious protocol. Bust out of yourself. Praise him. Praise him. Worship him. Don't care what anybody else does. Praise him. I do have the spirit of discerning the spirits. I know I do. I'll talk about it in a minute. I'll tell you who verified that. Now, we're going to talk about discerning of angels a minute. And I know some come on. I don't believe it when they say I say angel where they live their life. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> but Brother Scott, there are angels. And they minister to us. You see, Jesus says to Nathan in John 1 and 50, in 51, he says this. Jesus actually said to him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under a fig tree, believeth thou. Thou shalt see greater things than this. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus discerned the very presence of angels. Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane as he was agonizing, saying to God, as he was agonizing in prayer. Luke 22 and 43 tells this, an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him. 
Now, after Jesus' resurrection, Mary Magdalene saw an angel, and John and Peter could not even see it. Let's go to John 21. They didn't even see the angel. Some people have the discerning of spirits. You've got to have it before you can see them. If you don't have it, you're not going to see them. And the discerning of spirits does not work all the time. Some people say, I discern the spirit. No, I can read character. All you do is read character. It's a difference in reading character and reading discerning of spirits. So the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene there early, when it was yet dark upon the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. She saw it. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth that the other disciples and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciples did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. Look. And he stooped down, looking in, and saw the linen cloth lying, yet went he not in. That's all he saw. Then cometh Simon Peter, Peter following him, went in the sepulcher, and seeth the linen cloth lying. Now, and the napkin that was about his head, Jesus, not, not lying with the linen cloth, but wrapped together, together in a place by itself. He saw something different. And then went in also the other disciples, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he might rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own home. But Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down, looked into the sepulcher, uh-huh, and what did she see? She looked in. She saw two angels in white city and one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. She saw something they didn't see. She had discerning of spirits. All Peter and John saw were the linen cloths and the uh, handkerchiefs. Then they went back home. That's all they saw. They didn't see the angels that Mary saw. She saw them through spiritual discerning. Let's go to Acts 27. Paul was being transported as a prisoner on a ship. The Bible said the ship was in trouble. It was being tossed about in the storm. It was about to be wrecked on an Isle of Melia. Paul, the Bible said, he went away to pray. Ain't that, that's where you go when you get in trouble. No, I'm going to get nasty. That's where you go to take care of trouble. You don't go to dope, liquor bottle, or pills, or the world. You go to Jesus. I say, where? You go to Jesus. Jesus is the almighty help. Me and Brother Jake was talking about this other, other day. We was here talking about our help. You see, the ship was in trouble. Anybody been in trouble? It was being tossed about by the storm. It was about to be wrecked on the island. It was about to be destroyed. But Paul went away in prayer. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. In Acts 27 and 22, 
And now I exhort you. He comes back to the brethren and he tells them, Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve, saying to me, Fear not. Paul, thou must be brought before season. Lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Everybody on the ship is going to live because he's there with you, Paul. Wherefore, sirs, he looked at his men and he said, Be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. Paul said, This ship's going to be busted up, but we're going to make it. Can I tell you something, church? We're going to suffer a lot of things in this old world, but the church is going to make it. Howbeit, we must be cast up on a certain island. Now, he tells them, we're going to be cast on a certain island. But Paul is the only one that's seen these angels. Different times in my life, I have been visited and discerned uh, angels. Years ago, down at the old beer joint, I've told it many times, me and old brother Jerry Swatley was on a five-day fast. And on a Friday, on that last day, we were sitting, and it wasn't but like four rows of pews, I believe it was. We was at the front of the pews, and he was sitting on that side. I sat on this side facing the, the platform, and, and, it was, it, and we were sitting there praying, praying, praying. Me and him both got quiet. And all of a sudden, a boat to lightning come through that church, stood behind the platform, and a fire angel spread his wings out. And I stood there with cold chills, sat there with cold chills, shaking, and at the same time, we turned at each other and said, did you see that? He witnessed it, and I witnessed it. Then I had God give a word of prophecy through three elder ladies of God, uh, Granny Henderson, Sister Evans, and Sister Margaret in a prayer meeting that said God is with this work and God is going to prosper this work. You will have many battles, but God will send his angel to help fight your battles. You hear me? And I, I have been. One night I, I woke up 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. We lived in our, our big mansion over there in community in an 80-foot, 16-foot trailer. And uh, the Lord woke me up when you had three bedrooms and two baths, but it looked like you had to walk a mile to the other end. And I woke up and I told my wife, I'm going to the back bedroom. I, I, I can't sleep. I, I laid down on the bed and I started praying and I went into a dream. And that dream, I dreamed that a black hooded spirit was coming down the hall and I was rebuking it in Jesus' name. And I was rebuking it in Jesus' name. And, and the Lord said, pull your sword. And I pulled my sword. And out of nowhere, a sword come in from behind it and cut its head off. And I, I, I said, oh, my Lord. And the Lord began to talk to me. Next morning, I, I told my wife, she said, let me tell you what I dreamed. She said, when you got up, went to the back bedroom, she said, I dreamed as you was back there of spirit, dark hooded spirit was coming after you and said, I ran to it and I had a sword and I cut its head off. Ha, ha, ha. The Lord was showing we was going to have a victory in the spirit and let me discern some things that was happening going on. I'm here to tell you, we got to pray that the gifts work. 
And uh, now I want to talk about discerning of human spirits. And I called the old prophet today and had a little powwow session with him to tell him what the Lord had given me and make sure I had things right. In John 2 and 23, the Bible said, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, Jesus, in the feast day, many believed his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew, he knew, he knew, he knew all men. And needed not that they should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. You see, saying of God, Jesus was not deceived. He could see the invisible real man inside the outer man. There's a lot of people that try to walk around and think they fool you, but altogether, you know what really is in there. Amen? The rest of the disciples, saints, I read it, accepted Judas, but Jesus knew this dude, he's going to deceive me. I know what's in this cat. So Peter, so you understand, Jesus said, I know what's in all men. He, but everybody else said, oh, he's a good man. He's going to be a good disciple. And Jesus already knew, I didn't read what's in you. Let's go to Peter about discerning of human spirits. Peter discerns Simon the sorcerer. In Acts 8, Peter exercised the gift of discernment in dealing with Simon the sorcerer. Simon had long dominated the city of Samaria with witchcraft and sorcery. When he heard Philip preaching the gospel and saw the miracles and signs he performed, he was baptized and became a disciple. He became a disciple. He wanted to be like him. John and Peter, the Bible said, came down and prayed for the converts and they received the Holy Ghost uh, with, with, uh, with, with the with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, as they laid hands on them, he said, they got power I want. Let's go to Acts 8, 18. Let me show you something. The Bible said when Simon saw through the land of the apostles' hand, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. He tried to buy that gift, saying, give me also this power that whosoever I lay hands on, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, the money perish with thee because thou have that, that the gift of God may be purchased with money. You can't buy it with money. Thou hast either part nor lot in this matter for thy heart, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. He already discerned, boy, you ain't even right. I know what's in your heart. He had the spirit of discernment in him. Repent, therefore, of this thou wickedness and pray to God if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven to thee. Can I tell you something, saint of God? You hear me. All preachers ain't blind. That's all I'm going to say. For I perceive that thou art in guile of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. You're in a bunch of sin, boy. Peter saw through the outward, uh, uh, outward part of Simon and the inward crookedness and wrong motives of his heart. But Philip had not seen through Simon. Philip missed it. Philip missed what was there. 
But Peter had the gift of discerning of spirits. He discerned what was in Simon. And he said, oh, boy, your heart ain't right. Your heart ain't right. See, today, if you say that to somebody, well, you don't know my heart. I mean, you can feel it and God tell it. And so you don't know my heart. Well, I guess the gifts of the Spirit, we need to rip that page out and throw it away. Problem is, yeah, there's something wrong with your heart. You don't want to admit it. You're too stubborn and prideful, and you're going to go to hell. Let's be real about it. Philip had not seen through Simon. A revelation, look at this, a revelation of the inner nature of Simon was given to Peter. The gift of discerning, you can see the real spirit of a person. Look at this, saints. You can, real, you can see it through discerning the spirit. You can, you can discern the real spirit. Amen, that's what I'm talking about. Shout out, man. Shout out, man. Shout out. Amen. Now I want to talk about this, discerning of evil spirits. This is what I took time on. You see, Jesus heals a man who was mute. Matthew 9, 32, 33. Listen to this. And they went out. Behold, they brought him to a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake and the multitudes marvel, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Jesus discerned that this man was unable to speak because he had a spirit in him. The spirit bound him and would not let him speak. Everybody hang on. I'm getting to the good part. I'm going to fix it and make the devil nervous. You know what? I told Brother Smith, and you can laugh all you want to. I didn't even read my notes aloud today because I was afraid the devil hear it and come tell some people. You, I, I, I know I'm right. So <laughs> Jesus discerned that the man was unable to speak. So he cast him out, cast the spirit out, and the man was able to speak. The evil spirit was the cause of the man not able to, be, to speak. So Jesus discerned his problem and cast the spirit out. Now, I know this is slow to some of you, and you like me go 100 mile an air, and I know, but this is what I'm going to do because Jesus is telling me to do it. Here's another one. Here we go. We'll get a little deeper. Matthew 12 and 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind, dumb, and he healed him so much that the blind, dumb both spake and saw. He cast the spirit out. And all the people were amazed and said, It is not the son of David. Now, you ready? There are saints of God three things about spirits. There is possession, obsession, and possession. This is what I'm going to slow down. I'm going I'm to take my time in. Now, don't you wake up and pay attention because I know some of you, I, I, I'm telling you. Possession is when the spirit comes in a person and they're possessed with a spirit. But obsession, this is the first thing, obsession, is when a, someone is so obsessed with a sin or a habit that it controls their action and spirit in their life. They're so obsessed with it. I got to have it. I need it. I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. I'll go past every law, everything I got to do. I'm going to get it. You become obsessed with that sin or with that habit, the first thing you do, you become obsessed with it. If it's a sexual sin, 
if it's a pill or drug or dope or alcohol, whatever sin, whatever sin it is, you become obsessed with it. You're obsessed with it. I'm going to preach this Sunday. Become obsessed with it. Become obsessed with it. But obsession, a Holy Ghost-filled person cannot be possessed. God ain't going to let his house be filled with the devil and him too in it. Now hold on, I'm going to tell you what happens. When a person becomes so obsessed, the Holy Ghost-filled person, when they become so obsessed with that sin, you can become so obsessed with the world and sin that the Spirit later possesses you because of your obsession with it. I know how's that work? Hold on, here we go. The spirit of sin that possesses you. Here it happens. Obsession, obsession leads to oppression. You become so obsessed with a sin or a spirit, hatred, bitterness, jealousy, lust. You're so obsessed with it that it leads to, to, uh, to oppression, to oppression. You become oppressed. You see, do you know what oppressed is? Oppressed is the state of being subject uh, on treatment or control. You're possessed with it. It becomes to control you. It controls you. It controls your movement. You've got to have it. You want it. You're going to do anything you can to get it. It possesses you. Brother Smith, I, I checked with him, the old prophet. We spent a long time on this. But obsession is what I begin to notice through the years as pastor. And lately, I've become more sensitive to it. I watch people who backslide. The first thing they do is become obsessed with something. A girl, a woman who leaves her husband, you, you watch, watch the way she starts dressing, acting. She's obsessed with herself. I see so many Facebook pictures of some people. I just get sick. My God, when you get tired, take a picture of yourself. Don't I look pretty? What do you think about me? You're obsessed. I know what I'm. I know I'm right. Then you become so obsessed with yourself that spirit possesses you. It begins to control you. It begins to control you. you. It begins to control you. It begins to control you. It, pos it possesses you. Do you know what possession is? You see, possession is the state of having, owning, or controlling something. It begins to own you. It tells you, Brother Roy, when you was an alcoholic, it tells you you need to stop and buy it. It did not. It told you that you, you got to go get it right now. It told you your movement, your control. Did it not? So obsession, watch somebody as they become obsessed with something. I don't even know your eyes up. Anybody see anything? They become so obsessed with themselves or with something that They'll, they'll be so obsessed that later it becomes a, a possession. It possesses them. But between obsession and possession, they're oppressed. They're oppressed. You see, oppressed is the state of being subject of a treatment of control. It covers you. Somebody said it covers you. This is what scares me. When I see somebody become obsessed with something, then I watch them later on become oppressed with it. It covers them. 
Then the third thing of a child of God, they, they become so oppressed that it possesses you. It owns you. You can't even pray in the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost has lost its authority in its, your life. Because now you've submitted to that spirit and it possesses your activity and your movement. Make, may I see anything? If you are, lift your hands. Right, here we go. Then after it takes oppression and becomes possessed by the Spirit, possession is the state of having ownership. Now I want to read a verse to you, Romans 6 and 16. The old prophet spoke this to me today, Brother Jim, and I just had a high my God. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servant to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Hold it there. So whatever sin you give yourself to, you become a servant to it, and it's your master. God ain't. Whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So whatever it is, you become a ma- it becomes your master. Not God. I believe it was Brother Jake talking about grace a few weeks ago. Some people use grace as, oh, I can keep sinning and I've got grace. Let me tell you what's dangerous. is when you become so obsessed with something that you think you can keep coming and keep coming, then, you're, then you become oppressed with it, then it possesses you, and grace don't work in your life because you're possessed with it. Grace frees you. So you hear me? Know you not that to whom you yield yourself a servant to obey, spirit, habit, sin, spirit. Let me name them. I think I got to name them. Hatred, bitterness, jealousy. Can I tell you something? And boy, Josh, the Lord slapped me with a revelation. And I've been living it lately. You know how to have, a, you know how to have power over, over a narcissist? Don't give them no attention. I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't give them no attention. You don't communicate with them. You don't let them have your ear. Don't let them have your eyes. And, the, and I talked to old Bishop about the, the Resist the devil. He'll flee. The more you don't allow them to have your eyes and ears, it irritates them to the point that you're controlling them. They're not controlling you. So that's how you control that spirit. But let me tell you something, saying of God, and I'm getting to the end of it. If you don't get yourself free from that obsession of something and get free now, it's going to oppress you to the point then it's going to possess you. And when it possesses you, that's when it's hard to get you out of it. But Josh, can I say something about you? You had to go. You don't mind, do you? Brother Josh had to go and, and get to rehab. He, he got hooked on liquor and stuff. And, and he went and he had to stay. He'll tell you as a testimony. He'll tell you when that stuff possesses you, you know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's got to be God Almighty and to help you get free from it. You can talk all day long, but you've got to have the help of the Almighty God. 
You hear me? Come on, that, that possession will ruin your life. And some people say, oh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not playing around. I'm just having a break. You ain't having a break. You're obsessed with something. Man, now tell me me and the Lord ain't been together. Sit wings come. We'll talk about that. But Brother Josh can tell you, 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 let, it, you let it, you become obsessed with it. It becomes oppressed. You become oppressed. Then you have to come to God. If you don't come to God, it's going to kill you. Did you know James 1 and 17 says, when sin is conceived, when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is conceived, it bringeth forth death. When you sin so much, that's obsession with it. Come on, folks. Don't feed what you don't want to grow. I said don't feed what you don't want to grow. I'm going to say something. I don't care what kind of habit, what kind of battle you have. We Either God is powerful as we say he is, or we need to burn our Bible and turn this into a juke joint. God is an all-powerful individual. It's, it's up to the invisible who wants to be delivered and set free from anything. The Holy Ghost can give you more than a pill, marijuana, pot, come on, meth, alcohol, porn, hatred, bitterness. Jo- I'm going to call it every service. I talked to four pastors. Mm, don't let me know, Jesus. Four of them. So you won't believe in Pentecostal movement. People turning to meth and marijuana to, to subside their nerves. You hypocrite, you're going to burn in hell. I'll tell you the problem, and I told them, we ain't preaching no hell enough. It's like Brother Jake talked about. Well, well we got grace. God loves us. You, he's got judgment too. I told my wife, I'm going I'm to finish. I got. I'm like old brother. What's his name, brother Jody? <laughs> Down at conference. Oh my God, I got so much. Mm. I, I, let me stop. You, you, listen to me, saying, God. Listen to me. The Holy Ghost will give you strength to overcome anything. He'll help you. He's our help. Is he not? So you, you listen to me right now. The spirit of infirmity. I was talking to my wife about the spirit of infirmity. The spirit of infirmity is a physical weakness. Sometimes the devil attaches to people and causes a physical weakness. And sometimes sickness is caused by God. Evil spirit. And even ourselves. And there's a lot of infirmities that are on people that are caused by ourselves. Hear me, and I'll finish. There's a lot of spiritual infirmities that are released in people's lives because they refuse. The environment you live in is what you become. So you create an environment. It's like someone told me one time, I ain't never changed the oil in my, my vehicle. 
I ain't changed it since I bought it. Well, that's, that's crazy. I didn't make no sense. I just, it didn't make no sense. So, so, so since God made this body, I got to watch how I treat it. But there are some things that are genetically passed. You can't, you can't help it. Comes from mom and dad down through the line. You can't help it. But there's some things we cause an infirmity in ourselves. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You cause an infirmity in your own self. Preacher told me, a pastor told me the other day he had a person in his church that took so many pills and gave him ulcers eating out, eating out the lining of his stomach. And see, so he went to the doctor and they said, We're going to do surgery. You got to quit that. I can't. I, I got to have this. He said, Either you choose live or die. He said, How long do I got to live? I, I said, What? He said, He said, How He asked, How long do I have to live? Not even a year. He said, I'll enjoy it. I can't fathom that. When God gives you a choice, if you do this, you'll live. If you do that, you'll die. Come on, saint of God. We got a choice. Is it easy? No. Is it hard? Yes. But he'll help us. Now, how many eyes was open about our human spirits and stuff? You listen to me. I know and I can discern people's spirits. I don't say nothing, but old Bishop, the old prophet, Brother Guy, and Brother T.L. Smith, and old Brother Andy Warren put a lot in this old boy through the years. And I've had those three men in my office that picked up spirits on people that told me what was going to happen, and it happened to the T. Happened to the very T. Happened. My spirit, I discern things, but I don't say nothing. I just watch. Come on, church. We need the gifts of the spirit to operate in this body to help edify the church. What's discerning can help a church? We can discern when angels walk in. We can discern when the spirit of God's moving in a mighty way. We can discern when the devil's trying to take control. We can shut him down. We can discern between a human spirit and the devil when he's trying to interrupt the service. Jesus' name will cast the devil out of but a good hit in the face when to slap a human spirit out. Never forget one time in Blue Mountain, Brother Pipkin's church, Brother, Brother Jerry Swatley and Brother uh, Taylor was standing against the wall and no Brother... Uh, Oh God, I said, he passed, got a church in Ripley. This Brother Street, Brother Street walked over and this man laying on the floor. Brother Street said, Men, that dude's got a devil. We need to cast him out. Oh, Brother Swallow, Brother Taylor said, God didn't tell us to cast him out. You go ahead. Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. No bus street late, reach down there, go lay hands on him, and that dude come up with an uppercut. Boom. Jacked him, laid him out on the floor. 
Brother Swally walked over and said, did you get him? Knocked that joker out. You got you to gotta go on the discerning of spirits. Come on, saints. I pray God opens your eyes and let us become wiser in what we are. Can you shout amen? Let's stand our feet. Can you lift your hands to a sweet God who loves us, that wants everybody to make it, nobody be lost. No matter what our weaknesses are, no matter what your failures are, I'm telling you, He still loves you. And He still wants to do a miracle for you. Why don't you thank Him and praise Him for it? Why don't you talk to Him right now? Hallelujah. Come on. He's here, church. He's here. He's here. Oh, he's here. Hey, make you lift your hands and Pastor, I, I, I grew on the Word tonight. I grew on the Word. And I want to say this in closing. Jesus don't work the same all the time. He don't work the same. God bless you. We pray today that this Word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.